Hey, everybody. It's another Kingdom of Loathing radio podcast show, and I'm oh, Jake. Oh, yeah, and I'm Riff. And I'm Hot Stuff. Yeah. Hot Stuff, you're, you're, you sound like you're electrocuting my ears with a crackle. A Am crackle I? of burst. Yeah, really? it's, this, it's this shitty oh. splitty. You, uh, <laughs> you reminded me <laughs> of a trivia question that I didn't even look up the answer to. What's that? Uh, so apparently, briefly, there was, uh, in addition to Snap, Crackle, and Pop, there was a fourth uh, little elf for Rice Krispies. What? Yeah, I know. What was right? his name? I, 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 so we were, at a, we were at, a, at a bar the other night when there was pub trivia going on. We weren't competing, but we were like listening to the questions, and we were like, what the fuck? A fourth a fourth elf? Was his name and Milky? I, and we, so we, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up right now. While we're, uh, <laughs> Snap, crackle, pop, milky, fourth and rice crispy elf. <laughs> oh, he's well, and, no, he was. He used Zeppo. to be in the army. <laughs> uh, how's it going, guys? It's going all right. Going pretty good. How's your Kingdom of Loathing career on hold? <laughs> Word realms. Well, no, I'm still doing Kingdom of Loathing. It's you two guys that are. All word drumsy. You two guys like Bono and They're, the Edge. And they were other guys. The fourth YouTube. elf. <laughs> the fourth elf was known known as Pow. It was it was Pow who represented the explosive nutritional value of Rice Krispies. <laughs> huh. And also, when you punched him, all of the turtles nearby turned upside down. Yeah. Exactly. Huh. Uh, yeah. Okay. But you didn't <clears throat> win the trivia. Uh, well, since we weren't competing, oh. I mean, well, then perhaps you did win. the only yeah. way to win is not to play. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, Kingdom of Loathing is good. It's a good game. It's a video game. People play it. And they yeah. are getting tired of this world event. Uh, I'm hoping, I keep saying this, I feel like I said this a week ago. Oh, yeah, big stuff tomorrow. It's like I'm, I'm that well, there's sign been at the big bar stuff every day. that says free beer tomorrow. <laughs> uh, free willy tomorrow. Free screening <laughs> of Elijah Wood tour de force Free Willy. Elijah Wood was in Free Willy. I'm pretty sure that Elijah Wood was the main character in Free Willy. <laughs> he played the dolphin. The, I think it's a orca, <laughs> a whale, yeah. very like a whale. Um, it was Ogden Nash and Orson Scott Card. Oh, and Orson from Garfield and Friends. And Orson Bean and Orson Welles and Orson from Mork and Mindy. Mork and Mindy, yeah, yeah. Jonathan did, Winters. Did you ever actually see Orson Edgar, from Edgar Winters band? <laughs> yeah, wasn't Orson? Wasn't it Jonathan Winters? Wasn't didn't Orson? Ch- no, Orson. Was Orson like the, Jonathan Winters was Mork and Mindy's son. Oh, who was born old? Yeah. Okay. But born all Merlin and still got older as the series progressed, which is weird. Because <laughs> I mean, the same thing was true of Bill Cosby and the Cosby Show. <laughs> he was supposed to age backwards, but. But failed to do yeah, so. Yeah, hard to do. So special effects technology. Maybe his was, sweaters was got bad. younger. <laughs> yeah, that's what he likes about them. <laughs> he keeps getting older, and his sweaters <laughs> stay the same age. Um, Kevin, how's your? Uh, I mean, hot stuff. How's your? How's your KOL career these days? Uh, pretty good. I so this is this is vaguely related to KOL. I uh, I saw the People versus George Lucas, uh, the documentary that uh, occasionally features our friend um, MC okay. Yeah. Um It's a. It, I I would definitely recommend checking it out if you haven't already seen it. It's on Netflix streaming. Um, it was kind of thought provoking in from the point of view of a game designer. I think, or from the 
the you know the point of view of KOL at least because it talks a lot about people sort of becoming sort of attached to something and then uh, when somebody says oh I've actually changed that thing that you're attached to because this was my original artistic vision um, and them being upset about it I was like huh sometimes we do that even on accident and it still upsets people you know and what upsets me that's interesting when like somebody it's... says on accident instead of by accident <laughs> or when somebody compares you to George Lucas I uh, no. That's all right. I'm, pre- I'm pretty much okay with that. I've uh, I've grown a gray beard to make it seem like I still have a neck. <laughs> well, make it seem like I still have a chin, I guess. George Lucas does still have a neck. I mean, haven't have we not proven that all prepositions are basically interchangeable? Though <laughs> we have, we have. Um, that was just that was just a particular uh, a particular what do you call it? A hobgoblin, a, a pet peeve, bugbear, a bugbear. Yeah, bugaboo, a bug a bugboo, boo bear. <laughs> That was that was my dad's particular bowl of blueberries. <laughs> um, oh yeah. No, what do you call it? Was the fourth was the fourth blueberry pal? <laughs> What's the thing that sounds like an H.P. Lovecraft monster, but is actually like a a, a sort of a hallmark a shibboleth? Ah, yeah, yeah. nice. Like, oh, a, yeah. like a hallmark nice. That's uh, a-, a hallmark uh, piece of jargon that identifies yeah. a, a culture. Yeah. How do we not have a shibboleth in word realms? Dude, wow. I I don't know. It's a yeah. thing that it's a thing. It's a it's a, a, a vengeful spirit comprised of jargon. <laughs> it's like it's the thing that yeah. haunts Linux assholes. <laughs> Take that, Kren von Salzburg. <laughs> uh, That's pretty I'm gonna, good. I'm gonna write that down. Actually, <laughs> I'm gonna address uh, Kren von Salzburg's uh, w- asking me to take it easy on Linux assholes. By yelling at him. No, not really by yelling at him, but just by, by explaining what the fundamental philosophical divide is. Um, yeah, well, what did you think? What, what, what did you learn from the People versus Larry Flint hot stuff? I mean, so they, I mean, they did a pretty good job of having like a balanced viewpoint. I mean, there were, there were the people that were like, Star Wars is the most important thing in the entire world. And then people who were like, you know, it's just a film. And like talking about how when you release something out into the world, it kind of, it kind of becomes property of the world and thinking that you're entitled to change that thing without, without apology is, is a little self-centered or selfish or, or whatever. And, you know, I, I had sympathy with that point of view, right? Like art is never finished. It's just released. And then, I think you just kind of have to accept the fact that it's out in the world, and if you want to improve it, you've got to you got to be careful about how you approach that. You know? Yeah. I what what worries me, <clears throat> what 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 strikes me about that point of view, which you know, it's it's right. I can't I can't resist the tide of that, yeah. right? But it gets it becomes so crippling to acknowledge that as you're creating something. Right. And like we didn't have to deal with it with KOL sure. in the early days. I especially I didn't have to deal with it in the extremely early days because there was no fucking way that this was going to amount to anything. Right. And right. had I known in the beginning that 10 years of my life was going to be bound up in these restrictions that were placed on me by people who embraced a hasty decision that I made as right as an intentional good then I don't know that I would have done. I mean, that's, 
I, I, I kind of answered that question honestly I mean, in the Reddit AMA, which somebody was like, hey, if you yeah. had KOL to do over again, what would you do? And I was like, I, you know, I think I would be so crippled with indecision and insecurity that I wouldn't release it at all. Uh, so, exactly. And I was, I, I thought about that. I was like, you know, I wonder if George Lucas would have had the fortitude to put it out if he had foresight to know how sort of big of a deal it would become. Although I say that and he had the balls to make, you know, the first three episodes which, you know, lived up to nobody's expectations. Yeah, I wish I wish that I could believe that he just wanted money, you know, rather than the the idea that that he genu- genuinely his, thought his... this was going to be good and just was so out of touch that he didn't understand. You know what? So when I watched the one the one justification that they made was that kids liked the yeah. movies. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but and that by and kids large, like we a were story kids about when trade negotiation treaties Star Wars. And, and, and Senate hearings. Sure. But, I mean, the story of Star Wars is it has some complicating factors, you know, like an empire and a rebellion. and. Like, I mean, I remember defending the story elements of Episode 1. Like, after Episode 1 came out and before Episode 2 was out, I remember... Not not defending it, but more. I mean, my my default position is always just devil's advocate because I enjoy. Uh-huh. I, I mean, I think it comes like I enjoy arguing, but I also feel like being being like shallowly contrarian is a good way of actually trying to arrive at both sides mm-hmm. of an issue. You know, and so when huh. when Roy complained that the plot of it was like convoluted and all weird and weird and like political and economic i was like well it takes place when there was still civilization in this world and so the disputes were going to be complicated it wasn't just like oh look those are the bad guys and you can tell they're the bad guys because they're just indiscriminately murdering everyone (laughs) and these are the good guys because they're guys right and and you can't if I mean, if you are to well, lead up, if you are to lead up to the schism that results in the world of of the original trilogy, which the thing is, you just shouldn't. Right? Oh yeah, I mean, I have no problem with the trade negotiations and 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 stuff like that as a part of this this backstory. I do think that it it makes sense as a way that the Republic broke down and and everything. I just I don't think it makes for a good movie especially if you're claiming that this movie is for kids no it absolutely doesn't so what this what this taps into for me is this this just kind of in addition to the just typical like existential horror of of being alive in a world where you know you're gonna die there is also this this there is also (laughs) this horror that i have that was very it was. It was. What do, do you remember? Hot stuff. When we went to see Gonzo. Yes. The fear of becoming irrelevant, owing to nothing other than the passage of time, is kind of an ever-present threat to my sanity hmm. and emotional well-being. And and I think that you know, <laughs> maybe maybe George Lucas needed to pull a Jim Morrison, right? I mean, like, Kurt Cobain never got a chance to start releasing shitty albums. Mm. Like, I mean, in the movie, there's a there's a whole little discussion of people who are sitting around talking about how the world would be a better place if George Lucas died in 1989 or whatever. That's, that's and, kind of grim. And one dude's like, dude, just 
just because you say it doesn't make it true. And then like he's like sitting in his office cubicle and he has a little George Lucas poster with, you know, his birth date and then his death date in 89 or whatever. And it was like, you know, <clears throat> an interesting an interesting notion. Well, you but, know, which which sucks, right? Because I mean, I, like nobody nobody wants that. But it, but it's like at the same time, you know, the, the reason there are all of these memorable stories is because when when somebody doesn't get to the position of comfort later on and the position of like oh okay i apparently know how to make movies that mm-hmm. inspire an entire generation and become huge cultural touchdowns touchdowns <laughs> uh, I, can ma- I can make another movie but then he does this stupid long ass end zone dance and just embarrasses himself and everybody else <laughs> there's there's a really good sort of like essay or or just an author's note uh in I don't remember if it's in sort of a later edition of Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance or, or if it's in like the follow-up book, Lila, um, talking about how how Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance wasn't wasn't like the most amazing book in the world, but but like other some other books that weren't like awesome, they were culture-bearing books. Like I think there's like a German term like Kulturbearer or something like that that like he, he referenced or whatever, where they become way more important than like the artwork itself. I don't know, it, like deserves or something. And so like, it becomes this like st- touchstone or, or whatever for a, a particular group of people. And he felt like that was what Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance had hmm. become. Um, which it kind of, I mean, it, like for, I, I read it, you know, well after it had come out, but like, it was really important to me when I read it, like just had a, just in college, I think just out of high school. Um, and I wonder if like star Wars kind of has that same kind of thing where it, it sort of came at the right time and it like touched on all the right things to, to really bear a bunch of cultural sort of ideology and, and idealism and, and whatever. Yeah, and I mean, I remember. Like, I remember talking to going back and editing that is just weird. I remember talking to Doc Galactic about like him. Him. He made the assertion that like Star Wars could never have been a thing except at the end of the Cold War. Hmm. Which I don't. I. I mean, was was the Cold War over in seventy seven? I thought it was. I mean, I thought it went till the mid eighties. Well, yeah, but like but Star thing. Wars as a cultural phenomenon. I mean, I, like I feel like the movie came out in seventy eight, but it oh, but it, it, didn't it hit its stride and yeah. like okay. you know, I mean, like I didn't know about it until eighty one, mm. eighty two. You know, I mean, it, like it, and and like in the in the winding down of the Cold War, mm. it was it was his and you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know that I could even say that I understand what September 11th did to American culture enough to really earnestly talk about something in that context. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, star Wars was always to our generation. What like matinee Westerns were to our dad's generations. Right. It was like, it was a thing that was sort of, uh, bleak and dirty, but also had heroes mm-hmm. in it, and that's what it was about, right? And and so mm-hmm. it it just hit like a like a like a cultural stereotype in a way, and and 
an entire genre did that for the previous generation, but this one particular thing did it for ours. Okay. And that's why it became something because there's just, maybe there wasn't anything else close to that at the time. Do you think do you think that it's like Firefly taps into the same nerve for a lot of people because I mean the the existence of all those crazy like brown coats chapters wrapped around this this TV series which was canceled after it, half It's a hard to say. We we are not in a like while I think that even 10 years ago we could have looked around at the culture at large and said like yeah Star Wars is a big deal we are so steeped in a very particular kind of culture. And the only big groups of people that we ever go to are cons that are filled with nerds. And I don't know... Like, I would probably say that 30 times as many people know about Star Wars and have seen it than have seen Firefly. Mm -hmm. And I don't don't, don't think that'd be out of line. Internationally, that's probably even higher, right? Like, Star Wars is a worldwide phenomenon, and I don't know You just can't... And I think you can't have that anymore. I mean, the the it was interesting. Watch the everybody, everybody listening, and you guys watch the uh, Plunkett Plunkett the mm-hmm. Red Letter Media review mm-hmm. of Star Trek, the new Star Trek reboot. Hmm. Um, huh? Because okay. he just you know he t- he he talks about he touches on some broader sort of cultural things, and, and mainly the the main the main thrust of the thing that this reminds me of is that. In the 70s and, and, you know, in the 60s especially, there were entertainment properties that everyone knew about because there were only like four channels, mm-hmm. right? And so everyone knew about Star Trek. And the reason that they keep going back to wells of established properties is because you can't... If you're going to make a movie that's based on a property, it needs to be a recognizable property and... Any property made after the nineties yeah, yeah. doesn't have it's, a deep enough penetration. The market is too fractured. Yeah, to... it's just it's too spread out. It's too mm-hmm. shallow, and and so you know that's why. I mean, you know, to me the answer is make some fucking original stuff, yeah. right? But that's not the bet that that's not the bet that the um, studios yeah, are Yeah, I mean, take. even if even if you do do that, I feel like <laughs> do 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 the 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 markets of watchers are so. It's so spread out and, and fractured that even if you put out something, a really good TV show or a really good movie, there's enough people now that don't watch TV or don't go to a lot of movies that you're not going to get the market penetration that you did back in the day when movies and TV were a lot more important. No. Uh, well, hey, do you want to do you want to do some Kingdom of Loathing stuff? Sure. That was a that was a nice aside. Sure. We should uh, we should save that for some future episode of Video Games Hot Dog when we don't have anything to talk about <laughs> and just play that again. <laughs> uh, let's look at this forum thread. Kren von Salzburg says you seem to harbor a metric ass load of bitterness towards Linux users. What exactly mm-hmm. happened to cause this? Did some Linux user patch your girlfriend <laughs> once? <laughs> In seriousness, I've been using Linux since the early '90s and have never had to write a device driver on e- or even a single line of code. And while there's jackasses out there in the Linux world, they're present on Windows and Mac boards as well. If your sysadmin is doing things in a style you disagree with, talk to him and find out why. I doubt it's because he finds amusement in pissing you off, and if it is, then replace him. Any sysadmin worth his salt should understand that IT exists to facilitate business, although sometimes business doesn't understand why what they're asking for is going to stab themselves in the dick long term. In short, can you ease off the Linux assholes thing? I assure you we're not all assholes, and it really grates <laughs> that you can't mention servers without also smearing Linux users. I think the fact that you've never written any Linux code absolves you from being in the part of the Venn diagram that is labeled Linux assholes. Yeah. I, so there, there are a number of factors at work here. One is that 
I mean, when you say Linux assholes, do you, do you mean like a particular like mindset or philosophy about? Yeah, software? I mean a particular software ideology, and and I'll I'll, I'll get to that. The, the 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 first thing is that when when I talk at length about something that happens with the servers, it is always going to be when there is some problem, right? Because oh, we put in some new servers and yeah. nothing went wrong is a fucking boring story, and it's not. <laughs> it doesn't provoke. You know, it's like ah, good. Now we can get back to work. But when the fact that like ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time someone wants some information from the inf- internet or they want to like do something in our game or whatever, and it just fucking works is magical <laughs> and we don't talk about yeah. that a lot and 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 it's like the times the times when i get head up about it are the times when something that has nothing to do with what we are doing causes a problem that then once we get down to the root of the problem the problem is that a piece of software that was working fine got an update push to it for no fucking reason. Mm-hmm. And that that is the ideology that that bugs me a little bit. Yeah. And then and, and and that new I mean, piece of that new update has for some reason altered all of the default behaviors. Sysadmins and- will say software needs to be up to date because if it's not, then you're opening yourself up to a bunch of vulnerabilities in in your code and you're going to get you're going to get owned like somebody is going to gain root access to your servers and be able to send emails to a bunch of people and this is this is my point of view the amount of time that we have had to spend cleaning up messes created by updating software is it just just dwarfs the amount of time we have had to spend dealing with intrusions caused by out of date software hmm. like I get these emails from the sysadmin because he's updating stuff and he's happy because, all right, well, they came out with a new version of PHP MyAdmin. And so now your version of PHP MyAdmin is all up to speed. But the problem with the new version of PHP MyAdmin is that somebody's decided that you're no longer allowed to save your fucking password. So it's just a lot harder to use. And you know what? It's not it's not less secure. It's more secure, but it's fucking harder to use. And that, you know, that might... I mean, is it is it more secure, or are you going to change your password to something that's shorter? And well, no, change? neither. I mean, it's I'm just gonna I, it's just gonna take me it's just gonna take me an extra fifteen or twenty seconds every goddamn time I need to do a thing that I need to do two or three times a week, right? And you know, the one thing, the one thing in our rack that we have never ever had any problems with never had any intrusions as a result of never had a single thing go wrong on is the one thing that is is jeff's primary concern because it is so far out of date it's running an operating system that's been end of life by by the people that made it and we really really need to a we really need a half day of downtime to update this so that it can come back up and maybe provide the same level of service that it has been happily providing for eight years, but maybe not. Maybe be totally fucked up what? and changed for no reason. What the is forums. this thing? The, the forums hmm. have not... That's, and, and you know what? Like Just saying this out loud, somebody is going to exploit some vulnerability in whatever OS it's running just to prove a point, but the forums have not been touched I'm pretty sure that box has six years uptime right now. <laughs> and it's fucking 
fine. It's working. But I guarantee, I guarantee that when the time comes to, to update the OS on that box or to move the forums to a new box because that hardware desperately needs to be cycled out, it's going to cause a bunch of fucking problems. And that is the constant need so, to justify your existence as the person who maintains this kind of thing. And it's not because you're an asshole. It's not because you're trying to trick people. It is because it, there is there is this unwillingness to leave well enough alone because it has some flaws, right? So it's like George Lucas all over again, right? <laughs> it's like, well, this could yeah. be better, so I need to change it. And it's like, no, no, you don't. Yeah. It's fucking fine. Just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. It's working right now. And if you touch it, <clears throat> there's a chance that it will stop. So... Yeah. Well, so here's here's a question. Like, like you're not one to think of, think of conspiracies or conspiracy theories, but what is preventing uh, the establishment of software writers to be like getting together and like being like, okay, we're gonna release this bit of software, we're gonna we're gonna make sure that there's a couple of security <laughs> vulnerabilities in it, so that we have to patch it, so that like all these IT people ha- can continue to have jobs, uh, and then we'll also write some like viruses. That take advantage of our security holes. Ooh, I know. Let's to change how seeds work. Aren't... <laughs> well, sure. The, well, I, so I don't believe it in this case because, I mean, that's one of the advantages of open source software, right? Like you can't do yeah. that, or someone else would find it. But well, one of the extreme disadvantages. You say that, but I mean, how how much how much open source software has actually been reviewed line by line by enough people to like catch? A particularly clever, um, like back in something as important as Apache or PHP. I, yeah, I think it's, it's I bet it's non-zero. I bet there's there's I bet there's guys that keep up with with all that code the same way other guys keep up with uh, baseball statistics. You know. I wonder, like, you know, we all assume somebody else is watching the Watchmen, and I don't know that we are. I don't know that anybody. Is, so there's that know? guy. I mean, you know, the other thing is that there's not. I, I don't really understand any way in which there's a lot of money in it. And so it's it's hard to believe that somebody would, A, want to contribute to this big open thing and, B, want to do so in an effort to, like, just sow chaos, right? I mean, and like, unless, there, unless there's a lot more Discordians. <laughs> I mean, there's probably a lot of Discordians in that community. <laughs> I mean, it seems like the exact kind of people that it would attract, right? Yeah. Like- so when when you have open source software... No one is in charge. And so ideological schisms result in fragmentation that is extremely harmful to the end user. And nobody cares, right? Because there's nobody there's nobody whose job is writing on this. There's nobody there's nobody looking out for the people who just want to use the shit, right? It's just a bunch of people who like the the entirety of the reason that in in my mind, and I like I, I read an article that that really kind of solidified this into a couple of sentences. But but I, I think it's I think it's spot on in the reason why Linux is not ever going to reach widespread adoption among average people is that the people who design software for Linux don't give a shit whether their interfaces are comprehensible or not. Mm-hmm. It is more important for them that their interfaces be open and comprehensive. And they're not willing to make any functional sacrifices to make it a thing that a normal person can use. And they're just, they're, I mean, it's its doomed. It's never going to get anywhere because of that. 
Plus just the whole general too many cooks problem. Yeah. You know, every year, I, I, just, I can't fucking wait until the time when this operating system that it was so critical that we move everything to two years ago is suddenly, oh man, that shit is so old. Mm-hmm. This new this new distro is where it's at. You know, and it's like, you know, well, okay. <laughs> I but but that's from a use standpoint, that is why I get frustrated. But like Chris was talking about, so so this most recent thing, they changed the way that the random number generator seed thing works. Right? We explained all this on the last show, and it was because of some because something wasn't cryptographically secure or whatever, right? So they changed this behavior that makes a bunch of code that's been happily working for years and years and years in our case like seven years eight years that Mm -hmm. that code has been sitting there working just fine suddenly changes because of an undocumented change and then everywhere you look people say hey what happened my code stopped working and then this one asshole Ilya, who's one of the php maintainers says like it's this isn't a bug you shouldn't have been doing that in the first place right which is that guy's a dick that guy's a dick. And then Chris Moyer pointed out, oh, yeah, I met that guy once at a PHP conference. He almost sat at a table with us and then was like, uh, I should probably sit at a table with some people who are in the PHP credits. And then one of Chris's <laughs> friends was like, I'm in the PHP credits. And the guy said, yeah, but you're just a module maintainer and walked away. And, and so it's like guys like that, guys like that are making decisions with no oversight at all that have a really serious negative impact on our fucking business. Yeah. You know? And, like, if... Jesus Christ. If that guy had a boss that was a person that worked in the real world and lived in the real world, he would not be able to have said that to Chris because he wouldn't have had any fucking teeth left. (laughs) And it's like... Ugh. Man. Ugh. The world needs idealists. The world needs idealists. And these idealists have produced stuff that has made it easier. I don't know that I would go so far as a lot of people do to say that it would not be possible for us to be making video games for a living if it hadn't been for the fucking EFF, right? But the people who made Apache made it easier, right? The people who created a free web server software made it easier. The people who created a... Uh, a free database software made it easier. It would have been significantly more expensive for us to get off the ground in the first place. But I think I might have been able to do it. You know? I mean, I built applications on all fucking Microsoft software. And everywhere you go, everywhere you go, there's shit that is running on Microsoft web servers and database servers. And it's, right. it, you know, it works. And they know better than to just randomly deploy changes that break fucking apps because Intel comes and says, hey, what the fuck? And then Microsoft's like, oh, sorry, let's undo that. Or let's just not do that in the first are, place. Are ASPs still a thing? Like, what, I, like I, I think, I think that that has gone away largely on the internet. But, I mean, I certainly it's still used in a lot of big companies internally. I see. Okay. Huh. Um, yeah. Anyway. So, you know, Kren, I don't mean you when I say Linux assholes. And also, I have kind of a hard time believing that you've been using Linux since the early 90s and have never had to write your own device driver for anything. <laughs> unless unless you've just, unless you're like, oh, you know what? Sound isn't actually that important on my computer. I can do without it. Or uh, I'll just use this computer for something that doesn't require 
a keyboard. Or or he uh, he found one that somebody else had written on a forum post or something. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I really like the idea of Linux, but I just don't have time for it. You know, like I I converted over to Mac OS in college, basically, and have not been sad about that yeah. at all. Yeah, I mean, you know, Windows is a tool. Mac OS is a Mac OS is a tool with a lot of lifestyle Chrome on it. Linux yep. is a lifestyle, yep. and it's just not. Yeah, the fucking every time somebody says, "Oh, you know, you don't need Photoshop. Just use the GIMP." <laughs> it's like, I, fuck you. Have you looked at it? I, Have I you ever looked at it? For a while. Because if you had, you would not tell anyone to try and use that fucking crazy horse shit. <laughs> It's, I, I feel like I've heard that it's gotten a lot better over the past couple of years, but, but yeah, I mean, back on, well, there's probably some branch of it where somebody was like, Hey, I know let's, because this is open source, let's take it and make a comprehensible user interface to it. And then somebody else on the other side of it was like, okay, well you don't get any of the other features anymore because we disagree. <laughs> Ugh, the gimp. Uh, to, uh, to be fair, it's not like Photoshop hasn't, uh, fucked me in the ass a couple times. Well, yeah. So. Yeah. That is also true. <laughs> yeah, but at least you can ascribe some intentionality to it, right? Other than just to their like capitalist uh Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Know. I mean, cuz that's that's at least the devil you know, right? I mean, what the <laughs> fuck what the fuck makes a, an open source zealot tick? Like, you want everything to be free? Oh, what's your social security number? <laughs> like, you can't <laughs> Eloquent Rune says, Hey everyone, thanks for all the great content you've been releasing these last few months. Would you consider creating a chat channel for players whose accounts have reached 50 ascensions or more? Maybe a slash C dick stabber? Um, I don't think I ever want to write huh. dick stabber into anything. I know that was a joke. but uh, And then somebody points out that channel already exists as slash commendation, and it sucks because everyone in it is an asshole. <laughs> no, I mean because it's really quiet. <laughs> nobody really, Nobody really talks. I love you guys. Speed guys. Um, let's see. Nightval talks about something that is really more to Josh because this was in a different one, uh, a different show thread. High Priestess of Tinsel says, So the Hyodor's Guide. I can't be the only one assuming that it's a nod to Game of Thrones. Was it D.B. Weiss wearing the martini shirt that inspired you to throw it in? And if it is Game of Thrones related, does that mean I'll be getting the dragon I so desperately want out of this damn hot egg? We have a kind of an unspoken no dragons yeah, rule yeah. in KOL, except for I hold the right, I hold back the right to introduce the frog breathing dragon at some point. <laughs> um, but I should probably just put that in a different game. Wait, wait, and a no dragons rule? That's a rule? No, yeah. I mean, it's like the I no mean, coffee yeah, rule like or no the coffee, no apples rule, apples. right? Like it's a. I mean, there is a dragon in the Limerick so Dungeon. The, there's the boner Dagon, That's a Dagon. Yeah. and then there's a bunch of there's a bunch of W Y R M's. That's a yeah, different. Yeah, those are like librums. Librums are different than books. Yeah. In that Blizzard made them up. I don't know who made okay, them. I mean, this whole this whole no dragon thing might be like some sort of weird no apple or no coffee thing that nobody actually knows what. The well, yeah, there aren't any no. I I didn't know there was a no coffee thing because that was Scully's. Th but but I mean, it got to the point where he'd apparently written some jokes about it, right? About there not being any coffee, and then oh man, two of the jokes in our 
in our collection of 9,000 jokes written over 10 years, contradict <laughs> each other. Ah, wait a minute. Is pizza with pepperoni or ham and pineapple good or is it horrible? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, man, it's going to be so hard for the people who build a wild stallion style society based solely on our writings in the future. Uh, no, man, Hyodor, Hyodor was, I was trying to think of a name like Fodor that sounded like it was from the north. So that's where Hyodor came from. Um, I don't, is there somebody named Hyodor? In Hodor. Game? Hodor. It's okay. the guy who can only say Hodor. It's, he's a Pokemon. Okay. Really? Can you like? Yeah, it's he, like a Tom Cullen. M O O N. He's the giant. He's the giant uh, uh, mentally retarded guy that carries the kid with no legs around. Okay. He carries the kid around with no legs. Yeah. <laughs> he hits the bat with glasses. <laughs> Stop throwing the glasses around, Odor. Odor. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, did, so did it turn out that DB Weiss does play KOL? Well, he was wearing that shirt. I don't that know. was so. Uh, somebody was it? Uh, Zen Monkey interviewed him, I think, and he had said that he had he had enjoyed he had played it and enjoyed it. And he it it was it was not that he just saw the shirt at Comic Con and thought it was fun or okay. cool or whatever, but he okay because that's what you uh, I thought that because fan. you told me that. Well, because I, I, I mean, I just I was trying not to get everyone's hopes up, right? Because uh, another way of looking at that is you were trying to piss at, on at Comic Con. <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, I just because like I didn't want everyone to assume that just because someone was wearing one of our shirts that they played the game, which I don't because I don't. That is not a fair assumption. Uh, it's a, probably a fair assumption ninety percent of the time. Uh, maybe, yeah. I guess ninety percent is probably accurate. Yeah, I mean, we do, you know, we sell a lot of iClub seals bumper stickers at Comic-Con to people who have no idea what they are, yeah. uh, what the game is. We sell some t-shirts at Comic-Con to people who don't know what the game is, but not a lot. There, there The number of people who come up asking for, uh, I'd like that kitty t-shirt mm. uh, in medium, and, and we're like, oh, you mean the Naga? <laughs> or the Bugbear? Like... Yeah, people people are like all over the place in terms of what they think. The yeah, I guess the bugbear does so. kind of look like a kitty. Uh, no, I don't really maybe. think it looks like a kitty. Also, I would never say the word kitty. But that's like, no, yeah. you know what? I probably would. Tummy. I was, I'd be like, tummy, you're hey, adorable. Kitty. No, I was thinking about that today because I saw a, there's a fucking billboard. Jesus Christ. Every day I am just enraged on the way to work now because there's this billboard that is like two little kids, like two babies sitting with their back to the to the artist. One of them says, potties broke. And the other one says, do you know a plumber? And then there's a phone number for some plumbers. Like, God Whoa. damn it. <laughs> I just... Uh, huh. I want to find everyone. I don't even care. Even like the Clear Channel executive who who owns that billboard, who 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 like signed the papers that put the fucking the 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 nails and boards there that made that billboard in the first place, and just kick all their asses. Um, see, I was thinking about how much I hate the word potty. Uh, mm-hmm. Although I used the word potty in a KOL in a piece of KOL writing today. Hmm. Uh. I feel like you'll say the, the phrase potty humor every now and then. I don't think so. I might say that somebody is a potty mouth, 
but that's a different phrase. Yeah, no, I wrote a I wrote a joke with the word potty in it. <laughs> Shit, now I can't even say this, and I have to kick my own ass. Now you have to go back and edit it. Potty to is say kind shitter. of a blend between a netty like a netty pot and a, a potty, potty net. net. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so not. what did I do? I, yeah. It was the it was the scarecrow wearing the pants from the world event. That's and I was like, this smells like a potter's privy, and then or a printer's potty. Yeah, because huh. it's poop. Um, <laughs> I I like how that scarecrow just assumes. <laughs> That all the pants are dirty. <laughs> I mean, I guess well, they I are. I mean, for the most part, you're yeah, you're pulling them off of corpses. <laughs> well, no, some of them you make out of cling film, <laughs> which I guess you've pulled off a corpse. See, I, <laughs> I, I thought it was I thought it was canon that you didn't actually kill things in KOL that you just beat them up and they. I like, prefer to think that we've we've later. left that. Uh, yeah, we've left that dubious. When the boots stomp <laughs> them into paste, it's harder to. Oh, they stomped them into paste. They well, they just left some paste behind. They they went. <laughs> They went to the beach. Yeah. I like it never being entirely clear. When you defeat which... a monster on KOL, they get sent to a nice family of farm <laughs> upstate. Which monsters just have meat in their pockets and which monsters you are carving meat off of. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I mean, does that does that mean the economy is effectively like uh, leaves our money? <laughs> like... uh, splash fart, right? <laughs> Sometimes when one logs onto a browser-based stick figure RPG game, one can just choose a really silly name that seemed funny at the time, and then once the horse is bolted somewhat, decide four years later that a name change option might not be the worst feature. Any chance of that being implemented? Perhaps, if need be, along the custom avatar route? And then, and then Pantsless, Pantsless replies later, It's very generous of you to want other people to be able to change their names to something as awesome as yours. <laughs> That's fantastic. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Keep that name. <laughs> I mean, uh, to be fair, it's no Dog Lord 420. <laughs> yeah, but what is? Man, I think you make so many jokes about 420 being the thing that goes after a name on the internet, but I'd never seen one until that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Chilled says, not a question, but you will absolutely make my day if the Kickstarter KOL item is really only fun if you're interested in word realms. <laughs> well, I think you might have a day about to get made, Chilled. Uh, actually, a question. <laughs> have you got any plans to use the toggleable intrinsic code on some new skills now that you've implemented it? Yeah, I did some, right? What did I do? I did Flavor of Magic, and I did Iron Palm Technique. Right. and okay. I, I mean, there is still... There is room in the game for both toggleable intrinsics and self buffs, right? Because they're like activatable yeah. abilities that cost resources. I mean, mm -hmm. I guess the the problem is that at the high end of play, MP scarcity is so not a thing that it's not like a it, it that kind of game mechanic would have been better served. Not by in a, the vanilla game, anyway. That that kind of game mechanic would have been better served by a cooldown. Hmm. on them like you can you can use this skill to give you one turn of an effect or 10 turns of an effect but you can only do it every 30 turns hmm. as opposed to like how this is would... a self buff so once you've got this permed you just always have it all the time and so to somebody who knows the cheapest way to get mp it is effectively a toggleable intrinsic it's just one that they have to keep toggling over and over again hmm. i'm not sure how we would how, how we would uh demarcate a cooldown though yeah i mean if it was 
like if you had few enough skills that they were always in a hot bar hmm. somewhere, then there could just be it could be right. grayed out, and there could yeah. be a little counter on it. You know, we have so many different places that you mean, can go and see and activate your skills, though. The the game is the game is very different than a situation where you had a finite number of inventory slots and a finite number of skill slots that you could use at any given time. Yeah. I mean, there's because it's all infinite lists of stuff. There's a lot fewer design constraints that way, you know. Yeah, and then pantsless uh, pantsless says what I said about Linux assholes. Um, let's see how much time we got in the hole on this uh, in this uh, CRKOL show. Uh, we could do a few radio bugbear questions. Maybe one uh, one bat bat. No, let's do all of them. Evangion Q says, Flaming okay. Wings plus Bat Blade equals Flaming Stab Bat. Gotta love the guys in Slash Newbie for some clever, funny ideas. Um, those Flaming Wings will get a thing to do with them. Ricker Scott sends a link to a YouTube video. Do I dare? <laughs> do I dare? Fire Hose, it says. And it's 30 seconds. Oh, it's the, from uh, UHF where <laughs> Michael Richards tells somebody who wants to drink from the fire hose. Nigger, 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 nigger. <laughs> That was before Michael Richards went into that <laughs> second phase of his career. Um, Magic2729 says, I sure hope there's going to be another accomplishment note on how much cold damage we did to the fire event. To the, the fire event. Okay. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. I must have read it wrong. But then when I read it right, it made even less sense. Um, <laughs> that, that might not happen. Sorry. Um, because one of the things that was causing all the lag was that storage of that particular thing. Um, uh, let's see. Green King 01 says, how about a ranged slash moxie, slash moxie weapon that has an anagramming chat effect? I do think, uh, uh anagrams are not funny a word at a time. Hmm. Really? You kind of need, you need a fair amount of letters to get a funny anagram out of it. Yeah. And then, well, so you say <laughs> that, have we ever tried taking a couple of paragraphs of text and just anagramming each word individually to see if something else comes out that's also English and just we we have not it. and and uh, this is what I was going to suggest was that it might be it might be a valid thing to have in our professional lives from here on out a list a database which contained a bunch of rows that were pairs of English words and other English words that were anagrams of those words mm. Right, because that's that's a yeah. thing that could be useful for procedural generation. Of we can easily get that out of morewords.com. Well, we could also write code to do it, right? I mean, mm. we we True. we build a thing that is every word in the dictionary. I mean, it would take a really long time to run, but we totally do it. Um, hmm. I mean, do we filter that for things that are funny or interesting? Well, we don't really do that with the other things. That, that we don't do it with the homophones. <laughs> uh, yeah, with anything, really. We, don't. <laughs> we, we, you say that, but I, I mean, I went through the entire homophone list at least once or twice to make sure that it. Yeah, but we didn't take out sense. ones that were boring. We took out ones that were really like oblique or mm. relied on uh, uh, like a di dialectical irregularity that none of us understood. <laughs> I don't know. Is boy and buoy still in there? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Uh, Feneldar says, it seems like when you auto-attack with a combat macro, you can use a combat item then still pickpocket the next round. I've tested it. Yeah, that's fucking true. God damn it. 
goddamn auto attack fucking everything right in the dick hole is what that fucked everything right in. Casey Wiederman says, circuitry. <laughs> Zalan says, it would be neat for the detective skull to talk to the skeletal sommeliers in Spooky Raven Wine Cellars and get a clue on the effects of a dusty bottle of X. <laughs> yeah. Casey Wiederman says, I forget why the antique items don't cycle. Well, it's because those velocipedes are a lot of work to use, and it's the tires are the tires are made of cast iron. It's so heavy. It would be funny kind of if we did do that with the detective skull and then the defective skull acted similarly but gave you just the wrong just answer. the wrong answer or ridiculous answers. Yeah. Vinaldar says the choice adventures leading up to the Bugbear Boss and the bridge are titled Bugbear Boss X, X being one through three. I assume this is a placeholder. Fix plucks. Uh, I mean, maybe boss <laughs> is their rank. So being bugbear boss three is like being what well, the, the a rank second of lieutenant the story or whatever. That <laughs> like, yeah, no, they're definitely uh, those are definitely placeholders. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Linguini Lad says it would be cool to see a five fullness food that clears out five drunkenness, and also a five drunkenness booze that clears out five fullness, and like doesn't give you any turns. Yeah, I was gonna say that's an infinite. That's an infinite turn exploit yeah. right there. I think that would probably be broken in some way that I don't understand. Right, because if you could trade... Like, I feel like if you could trade all of your fullness for drunkenness or vice versa, that everyone would do that all the time. There would definitely be... some People would determine which one was the better one to have all your points in. Yeah. Uh, Feneldar says, Jake, a while ago you made it so if you cast Postamancery slash Saucecrafting X number of times and you only had the mana to cast at Y times, it would cast at Y times instead of returning you don't have enough mana. Seems like you didn't make this change to advanced cocktail crafting. Never mind. I was wrong on that. And the change you made was if you had less cast than you typed in. Yeah. Cool. Good story, Feneldar. Uh, Bulletproof says, would it be possible to throw this pile of Crimbo candy cookbooks I have into the fires on the plains? Why isn't there a way to sacrifice goats to the RNG? Uh, well, we do not, we do not promote cruelty to animals here mm. at KOL. We, what is it? What am I sure? What's the word I'm looking sure. for? We do not, uh, approve of, we do not encourage. Mm. There's a word. Endorse. endorse. Yeah. We do not endorse animal cruelty. Or our checks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, or burning books, man. Didn't you read? Be be kind to the memory. Yeah. Of, Rewind. Of yeah. Be kind to the memory of most deaf and Jack Black. <laughs> um, uh, Swashbuckler says, "Hi, I'd like to suggest changing they in PvP to he or she is applicable and them and there similarly and so on. Since adventurers on here have genders." Um. Uh, yeah, that might have been something that. C.D. Moyer wrote, because I think I would normally try to avoid that. Um, but yeah, whatever. Raijan Neely says, by the way, as a theory note regarding the PRNG fiasco, I think a hash is the thing that would fit what you really wanted. Hashing and PRNG are computationally equivalent, meaning a good algorithm for each translates into a good one for the other, except that the hash algs have names and have to be consistent. The Mersenne twister, on the other hand, is a different function for, e.g., different Mersenne primes. Yeah, but... the. the what I what I wanted was for the code that had been working just fine for eight years to continue to do the same goddamn thing, mm-hmm. and for it not to I I get that that's not what it was for, and I'm not even gonna say that they shouldn't have done what they did 
I'm I just am gonna say that it annoys the ever loving fuck out of me that our <laughs> shit suddenly got broken in a way that really made a lot of people kind of sad mm. and fucked up a bunch of our shit uh, for a reason that I don't care about. That's that's what upsets me about it. And it was and Did it was we, goddamn undocumented. Uh, and whenever anybody complained about it on the internet, they got yelled at like they were the one that did something wrong. But holes. Did we ever, like, figure out a way to make that better no. for people? You know, we, and, and it's, it, the more time that passes, the more it is just going to be such a fucking mess. I mean, we, I think we decided on the demon names that what we should do is, spoiler alert, uh, is roll it into the world event somehow and just figure out a way to... Figure out a way to standardize the demon name encounters and just say, like, uh, hey, guys, we've revamped the way that the demon names work, and now it'll store them for you in your other accomplishments page hmm. uh, by name. Uh, but unfortunately, as a result of fire in the <laughs> planes, uh, you have to find them all again. But luckily, the fire in the planes has also got demons all pissed off, and so you're a lot more likely to find them for the next 60 days. <laughs> Um, did you specifically time this world event to coincide with the crazy wildfires? In I Colorado? did not. Did you set the wildfires? <laughs> I in Colorado? did <laughs> not. Uh, Gygax says, "What do you think about having monsters returning from being hit with a romantic arrow also interrupt your auto attack?" Uh, I don't. I don't know. Chasm fifteen says, "Will there be a raffle?" Will there be a rifle? Chasm15 says, or a special item code. This is somebody who doesn't understand what our radio shows are. Uh, Orangutan says... Oh, is... It... What? So are we going to have a raffle on yeah, our no, show? Yeah, no, we never have a raffle or a special item on our show. Orangutan says, the standards of length, temperature, weight, etc. are confusing. And then he links to this thing. Watch the vid and tell me, do you agree with these new ones? I don't agree with any change, so probably not. If somebody's saying, we should change what a pound is, I'll be like, F you, jolly old chap. Huh. That's the first I'd heard about that. That's weird. I don't know what. The first you'd heard about what? You don't even know what this is. Well, LREG official units, Linguini, Jubs, Hiltons, and uh, what? What? They're changing the official unit of Linguini? Yeah, to Jubs. <laughs> and the official uh, unit of Jubs to Hiltons. Oh, uh, store data in CDs to the moon. Yeah. Uh, hey, let's uh, let's uh, stop 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 podcasting ourselves. How about that, guys? In the face. You ready to be done with this shit? Sure. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, stay tuned for a video games hot dog coming up next, or never, or maybe you listen to that first. I don't even know, man. <laughs> it's it's uh, non contemporaneous. That math is always really hard. It's like time, time travel. Contemporaneous math. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Have a Bye, great everybody. weekend, everybody. <laughs>